so good to read what you all are writing from Jim Hill. I'm truly grateful for all the blessings the Lord has given me over the years, especially Brenda and our girls and grandkids in church, and the privilege to serve him in places he has called me to. Praise God in all things. Thanks, Jim. Sandy Wall writes in, thankful for all of my family, my doctors, and God. Sandy, we love you. We're so grateful that you're worshiping with us, and this live stream in many ways is for you and for those who can't make it out, maybe going through treatment or going through some kind of situation you just cannot make it out. We're so pleased. We're so grateful that we can be gathered here today together. The Fox Kids, Quinn says, thankful that we can still do church virtually. Thank you, Quinn. Tessa, thankful for friends. Grant, thankful for my mom. And Jaina is thankful for Aunt Candace. I love it. Thank you, Tracy, for texting that in. And thankful for, uh, it says here, thankful for my sweetheart, Dee, my family, Ashley, Breck, and Sarah, and Brandon. I know you guys are watching out in Corona. It's so good to have you all here. I have one here from Connor Pfaff. Connor Pfaff, what are you doing up here, Connor? I watched the service mostly from the stage, and I thought it was awesome. So thank you, Connor. For, for texting in. <laughs> we have a different view from up here. So we're hoping that, um, again, this is a great time. Obviously, as we give thanks, um, we, can have, we can be lighthearted, we can be serious, um, whatever it is. And so continue to type those things in and send them in. Let me just share a little bit um, of what's been on my heart during this Thanksgiving week, this Thanksgiving weekend, and um, really through COVID, this passage that I read at the beginning of our service has been on my mind and on my heart really since March. As soon as the, all the shutdown, all the lockdowns happened, um, this was a passage, really a chapter from the Bible that I had simply been walking our neighborhoods and praying this passage. And it, again, as we, as we read it again, it says, um, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, the translation that you're reading probably says, be thankful, um, but it really reads, if you read it in Greek, it says the author it gives a command to become thankful. That the, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's the first command, but then the next command is become thankful. And each of these three verses that we already read all have something about thankfulness gratitude, thanksgiving baked into them. And I just want to say a couple things about them. And the first is this, that it talks about let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let me just say this, that the peace of Christ, Jesus's peace and gratitude go hand in hand. We talked about this this morning out in our courtyard as we gave thanks. And that is, if you want the peace of God, it begins with gratitude. One of the reasons why that's the case is because gratitude begins with a heart of humility. You will not find a grateful person who has not been brought low by some sort of need. It's the proud who don't give thanks. The proud do not give thanks because the proud see themselves as earners, that they, are, they have earned what they have and for a thankful person, a person giving gratitude, they've already come to the point to say, 
I have not earned all of this. There is something far beyond me that has blessed me. They don't view themselves as an earner or even God as a helper. They view God as the giver of every good and perfect gift. And so today, if you are coming with a a heart of thankfulness, a heart of gratitude, humility has preceded that. And it is humility that brings us to gratitude, and it's that real path that leads to the peace of Christ. I don't think it's a coincidence that in Philippians chapter 4, when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That we exchange anxiety with gratitude, and that that gratitude births that peace. And so if you're looking for peace during this time, I would say this, the pathway to peace is thanksgiving. It's gratitude. And that brings us to the second, the second part of this. I guess I, before we, we get into that, gratitude, and we've had, we had a number of people even text in about this um, and also share, is that one of the marks of this deep humility, the peace of God, is the ability to give thanks, not just for what is good, Humility will get us to that, but our humility will get, us to, will get us also to giving thanks for the things that we do not yet know are good for us, for the challenges, the trials, that we, when we give thanks for those things, we give thanks, like Kirsten said, that God is a God of, of redemption, that he will take every, he's the giver of every good and perfect gift, and sometimes those things come into our lives as challenges, but God is faithful to redeem those challenges, those hurts, those trials, And so even the things that we do not yet understand, we bring to the feet of our Lord Jesus and we give thanks in faith, not yet knowing what God is going to do with this situation. So Jesus, peace, and gratitude go hand in hand. It also says in verse 16 about thanksgiving, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Not only is the peace of Christ connected with thanksgiving, but now we see that the word of Christ is connected with thanksgiving. And I think this idea that gratitude allows the word of Christ to dwell richly in us. And we recognize that we need the word of Christ in us for us to thrive as humans. We need to rely on the word of Christ to dwell in us. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, the best example that I can think of this Thanksgiving season of the word of Christ dwelling in someone richly is I had an opportunity to visit Jackie Allen in the hospital. Um, Bob and Jackie have both had quite a difficult season Um, as we lead up to Thanksgiving, (coughs) excuse me, and I had an opportunity to go visit her in the hospital, and in Jackie's own words, it has felt like an avalanche of trouble and trial on she and Bob, and um, even right after she said that, though, what came pouring out of Jackie was just the Word of God, 
She just quoted verse after verse after verse after verse, and I'm not joking. It just came like, like an avalanche, like a flood. The verses, the, the, the promises of God, the, the, the assurance of God, the assurance that God will redeem suffering, it just came pouring out of her in the hospital room, in the bed that she lay in. And it reminded me that, it reminded me of this image of someone in the good times storing up the resources they needed, like a squirrel in, in, uh, in the summer, storing up as many nuts as they could and putting them in a place where when the winter came, when the trial came, they could go to their storehouse. And it just looked to me like Jackie, that the word of Christ was dwelling in her richly, even in her time of trial, and that especially in her time of trial, she was able to go back to the storehouse and bring out the richness of what she had stored up. A great example to me, a great example for our whole church. I'll just tell you this, that Bob and Jackie are both home. They celebrated Thanksgiving at home. They're surrounded by family. They're being cared for well. And we thank God, we praise God for what God is doing now and will be doing in their healing as they move forward. Do everything with giving of thanks. Verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything giving thanks to the Father through Jesus. I was writing some things down this week of things that I was particularly thankful for. My wife ended up at the top of the list because she's been on my mind and I love her deeply and she has been such a blessing to me, so intuitive about what our family needs, what I need. I'm grateful, even though so many, in a season when so many are battling illness, I'm grateful, and I know many of you are battling illness. I'm grateful that we're in a season in our family where we've had some good health, and we're grateful for that. Is it okay for me to say that I'm thankful for Phil's coffee? I really like Phil's coffee. It's been great. I've appreciated it. It's been a place where I could sit outside, enjoy a warm cup of coffee down at the, at the, the, the circle. I've been grateful, and as I've been reflecting This is my two-year anniversary. It was a week ago that my two-year anniversary of being commissioned to pastor this church right on this stage with elders laying hands on me right here on this stage. It was two years ago. And I was reflecting, I'm grateful to have an opportunity to lead a church and to offer vision about what it means to be the church and to reach our community with the good news of Jesus. I'm so grateful that God has brought me here for this season you know, at the end of last year, speaking of being a little bit grateful, I'm very grateful. We, at the end of last year, we, um, we were, I was excited. We were, we had just come off a year where we've, ex- we experienced some growth in our church. When I came, the average weekly attendance was 96. At the end of last year, we ended the year with the average weekly attendance of 102. It was the most, it was the most growth that the church has experienced, had, had experienced in 20 years. And we were so grateful. We're thanking God. And coming off of that momentum, I was, I was actually, I was really discouraged when, when the COVID emergency hit and we had to shut down. We have spent this year, tw- this is our 27th week this year where you've been doing what you're doing right now, which is watching on live stream. 27 weeks where we've not been able to meet in this room. And I was discouraged because I didn't know 
what God was doing. I still don't know what exactly God is doing. And even if he told me, I probably wouldn't believe it, just like Habakkuk, right? But I was discouraged. We've been keeping track and we've been keeping count of, of the live stream. And just this last week, a couple weeks ago, we, um, I had Alana in our office kind of track down and work out what our average weekly attendance was. And what we did was we counted every person, every live stream, we counted as two people. Sometimes it's a couple, sometimes it's a family, sometimes it's one person. But every live stream being uh, roughly two people, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. And when we worked out all the numbers and the averages for those 27 weeks that we haven't been in person and the some weeks that we've been in person with live stream or weeks that we've just been in person, our average weekly engagement with this service, our 1030 service, is 135 people on average every week. That's 35% growth. That's 35% more people that are participating in worship, that, that Connor and Kirsten are leading in worship, that, we're, that are hearing the gospel. I couldn't even, I can't even believe it. I cannot even believe it. God has been so faithful to us. And one of the most encouraging things about that is simply this. The fact that so many people that we're, that we're growing even while we can't gather, it tells me this, that you folks, wherever you are, are being a light for the gospel that you believe that God is doing something here. And when you believe that God is doing something, you gather people around. You gather people to see what God is doing and what he's going to do. And what that is telling me, and I'm so grateful for it, is that God is at work in each and every one of you. And I am so grateful that wherever you are, this has moved our church out of this building and off of this campus and into our neighborhoods. And I just want to say thank you to the Lord and thank you to you all for listening to the voice of the Spirit and noting that God is at work here. I'm grateful for friends that we have, like the Bakers and the McMasters and the Maples and the Ericsons. Grateful for new friends here at the church. Grateful for a chance to work with Hume Lake Christian Camps. Grateful for the privilege of teaching seminary courses at Fuller Theological Seminary. I think more than anything, I'm thankful for the good news. I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful that when we were lost, God sent out to find us. When we were enslaved, God made a way to purchase us out of our slavery. When we were dying in our own sins, God found a way to provide new life, a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. When we had been corrupted by this world, God offered a way to make us clean, to cleanse us from all stain and taint. When we were opposed to God, angry and hardened, God found a way to soften us towards him. While we were enemies, he reconciled us. When we did not know the way forward, God sent his only son, Jesus, to provide us an example and to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And my guess is if you're participating in this service, you know the gospel, and the gospel has had its way in your life. You've experienced that movement from slavery to freedom, from death to life, from darkness to light. Or if you're watching this, you know someone 
who has experienced that, and they can't stop talking about it. And it might be annoying to you, but it is the good news that God has sent his son into this world. And we know that the one way that we participate in that good news is we do it by faith. And what does it mean to do that by faith? What is faith? Faith is simply sitting down and telling Jesus, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus, I want you in my life. Not just as a helper, but as a leader that you are my Lord and I will follow behind you. Jesus, I need you. I need you to do something for me that I cannot do for myself. And Jesus, I want to follow you with my whole heart. If that's in your, if that's something that you want to do, then just say it to the Lord right now. Say it to Jesus right now. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. And what the Bible says is when you exercise that kind of faith, it means that you have passed out of death and into life. That there is salvation in Jesus, that God's saving power is available in his son, Jesus. That is the good news, and I'm grateful for the good news. When we pray, we'll sing some more. We'll have a chance to text in if you have any other things that you'd like to say that you're grateful for, that you're thankful for. But let's pray. Let's pray with a heart and a posture of thanksgiving. Father, we come to you this morning grateful for every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of lights. Father, we're grateful that you have seen us, that you love us. Father, we even offer our thanks and gratitude for the things that we do not yet understand why you have brought them into our life. We do know that you will redeem those things that have caused pain and hurt and shame. You have a plan to redeem. Show us the path forward in all those areas of our lives. But Father, we come now, we humbly bow at your feet. We gladly bow our knee before you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence in this place, and we pray, lead us in this season of life. Father, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.